As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Springtime is here! Time to bring beans and cheer! Who wants some beans? Um, excuse me. I'd like some beans, please. I want jubilation! Good morning, Sweet World! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, May 18th. Here we are, back in the Classic Factory. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Dope to be here. Hey, Tassie. We got our Top Shot Hot Boy, a man who can predict the future, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! Got the international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lielis. Friends. Mm. Lily, and last, certainly not least, over yonder, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on YouTube. Hit that like button, subscribe to No Dunks, share the show, and, uh, well, drop your comments in the stream team right now. Have some fun. Talk to each other. Everybody get along, though, okay? Everybody play nice there in the comments. Uh, email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com, or you can tweet them in, at nodunksinc. Uh, we got a fun one here today, because we will talk about the NBA draft lottery, the one that we did predict on yesterday's show. Was that Sebastian or Oscar that drew that little... That little magic logo. Do that, you know? Yes, that was a Sebastian special. Yeah. Uh, the boys. Kids, hey, the kids special. The boys watched the video over and over again. I should have been videoing, watching them watching the video. They laughed so much when Trey just like <laughs> smashed his hand. That nice. was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. Just, <laughs> Great. Great. And then when I told them, hey guys, you did it. You guys did it. They were like, really? I said, yep, you did it. Well done. Awesome. So, all right. Well, we'll uh, yeah, we'll talk about that and uh, some of the winners and losers in terms of teams moving up, teams moving down, and all that. We're not draft experts, but uh, we can pretend to play one on a podcast. Uh, we're gonna get into game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, but first we had a wedgie. Oh, what a baby. night! What a what day a for no ducks, really. Uh, wedgie number forty-three on the season, fourth one of the postseason. One of the best ones oh, we've yeah. had in a this long nice. time. Oh, this was nice. Bam! Just with pinning the Jalen Brown sort of layup dunk attempt there uh, right into the oh, board oh. and rim. That is one hell of a wedgie task. A little disappointed that uh, Breen didn't oh. drop a bang. 
On a wedgie? <laughs> I mean, that would have been the perfect time for one. It, I'm it, telling you. He didn't even drop wedgie. I know, I know. He's all business, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we've had Mike Brain. I mean, we had a game-winning wedgie, remember, down in the bubble. And it was, it was, I think it was Dragic hit a game, or like, you know, the last shot of the game. Yeah, and it was a wedgie, and he was laughing. So he uh, knows a wedgie. He's, oh, yeah, of course. He's, he's said it before. He's wedgie proficient. Yeah. Just, maybe he was caught up in the moment. Who knows? <laughs> it's these finals. Uh, yeah. Hell of a block wedgie. Number 43, as I said. And we even had uh, the great Twitter account, NBA Paint, whipping together a little wedgie art. There's there's Bam yeah. giving a little wedgie to uh tiny little basketball, a little Celtics Jalen Brown basketball there, I guess. <laughs> Looks like Shaq with skeets. Yeah, a little bit. Very similar. Uh, so great stuff uh, in this game, but let's break it down. Jimmy Butler scoring 41 Trey as the Heat take game one, uh, dominant third quarter, but they beat the Celtics, who were shorthanded. We can get to that in a second. 118-107. Uh, one of the most... Interesting genres of basketball game happened last night. <laughs> a tale of two halves. Who doesn't love a tale of two halves? Celtics were looking great through the first 24 minutes. Maybe the first 20 minutes, if we want to be honest. But the first half, Boston playing with a ton of intensity. They were doing a really good job limiting the heat. Three-point shooters, Robert Williams was back in the starting lineup, flying all over the place. He looked awesome, especially in the first half. 12 points he scored, 5 of 5 shooting. He had two blocks, and they were both, like, top 10 blocks in the NBA this season. The highlight quality. And the Celtics were dominating inside. Also, Jason Tatum totally cooking the Miami Heat in the first half. 21 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 5 assists. People had the Beantown boys in the NBA Finals. (laughs) People were giving Jason Tatum Finals MVP after that first half last night. But then they played the second half Mm. of game one. The Heat are great in the third quarters. They've been the best in the third quarter of any team in any quarter in the playoffs so far this season. And the Celtics have struggled in a bunch of thirds. So Miami went full Richie Benno in the third league. A 22-2 run for Miami. The Celtics didn't make a field goal. The first seven minutes of the third quarter completely flipped the script on offense. It was Jimmy Butler, 27 points in the second half, 41 for the game, added nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks. That's pretty close to a five-by-five in the playoffs. Tons of hard work, tons of being the man. And on defense, it was trapping, basically, uh, that did it for Miami. After Tatum went off in the first half, they switched things up right at the end of the first half, starting putting two on the ball, making him see a lot more bodies anytime he was getting into his dribble package, forcing him to make quick decisions and the right decisions. And Tatum really, really struggled uh, seeing that kind of attention there in the second half. Eight points in the final 24 minutes, one of seven shooting, and six turnovers Ugh. in the second half. Him and Jalen Brown were a turnover festival, in particular in the third quarter, and it felt like everyone turned into a runout oh. for the Miami Heat. There was a great sequence when Jimmy had back-to-back steals, one for a layup, one for a dunk, a couple of pick sixes there. The Heat had seven steals, five blocks in the third quarter alone. Hadn't really seen Tatum look that flustered yet in the postseason. Got tight again in the fourth quarter, but Jimmy found Max Struess for a couple of run-stopping threes, getting those doodahs looking right. Miami got the win. This was a must-win game, I felt like, and the Heat, you could tell, going into that second half, knowing they had an opportunity with no Marcus Smart, no Al Horford, they took advantage of it and just looked like the number one seed. Yeah. Uh, what a run there in the third quarter! You saw, you talked about it when we were doing our previews and predictions for this series. Like, uh, don't be surprised when there's like a five, six, seven minute window where it looks like you just can't score on the Heat because they lock yeah. in, and that's exactly what happened there in the third. And it felt like every possession was a steal. 
like a pick six, like you called it, going the other way for an easy layup or dunk, or a block. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you look at the play-by-play, it's like almost was true. Mm-hmm. It was wild mm-hmm. to see uh, an, a team do that to an NBA team. It almost <laughs> yeah. had like a like a high school feel to it for a second, where it's just like this elite high school coming from the big city, yeah. coming into the small town mm-hmm. Stratford, just kicking our ass. Like, whoa, oh, yeah. we're used to playing St. Mary's. Yeah. Um, but my God, you don't see it in the NBA Eastern <laughs> Finals all that Mary's often. Sucks. Yeah, I, I killed them. <laughs> Scored 40 on their ass. <laughs> Saluki's my ass. Great to get St. Mary's <laughs> reference in the wow, Eastern cool. Conference. Wow, I thought that was only Southern <laughs> Illinois University. Didn't know there was a second one out there, but... <laughs> St. Mary's always sucks. Yeah, they were the rival right. in our, <laughs> for our middle school as well. A <laughs> uh, wild third quarter. They won the quarter by 25 points. Uh, and so you can win the other three quarters by eight each uh, and still <laughs> lose the game. Right. And so that was it. Where, yeah, Tatum, a total flip of uh, how they covered him. You know, a lot of credit was being given to P.J. Tucker come back from that ankle injury, and rightfully so. He was the number one guy on Jason Tatum. They're hitting him a lot earlier in the possession. I thought that they could do that for six, seven, eight minutes because they did it to Trey Young. They did it to the Hawks earlier this uh, postseason where they just knew, let's shut this thing down. And in the third quarter, yeah, they came out of the locker room and said, uh, we need to win this game. And they got way up. Yeah. On, on Tatum yeah. and Brown, like way up uh, at the top. And I thought that it just wouldn't be an issue with the Celtics because they be, they move the ball enough. And I think you, that's where they miss Marcus Smart a decent amount uh, on that end. But also on the defensive end, uh, Jimmy Butler was picking Peyton Pritchard and, and Derek White to go at him either one of those guys over and over and over again. In the fourth quarter, they ran seven pick and rolls just at Peyton Pritchard. They picked Pritchard, and they scored 13 points on those. That's that's kind of the game there. Uh, when when you look at it, uh, they just they. I was I was surprised that Marcus Smart uh, would have played such a big factor. Haralbos Vulgaris with that stat there, but uh, that's where really to me they miss Marcus Smart desperately, and and in the third quarter just to settle things down a little bit because that that was. It was. It was great school basketball there. Um, I, I remember a Greg Popovich game one time where his team just turned the ball over like this. And after the game, it was one of those classy pop. Turn the ball over. You can't worry about anything else. If you can't take care of the ball, you're not even going to get shots off. You're not going to get your guys into position. And that's the thing is for me, for the Celtics here, Jimmy Butler, great defensive instincts, but they were easy as well. They were some just sloppy ball handling. Mm-hmm. And and again, Jason Tatum has to take a lot of the heat in that third quarter. Careless passes, sloppy passes that the heat are just ready to pounce on and then immediately go the other end and just get that momentum, get that run. They were up eight points at halftime here, the Celtics. That was gone in like... Felt like two or three minutes yeah, of that third quarter. Was. And the Celtics really didn't have a counter punch after that. I mean, they hit some threes late, but every time they hit a three, the Heat hit a three back the other end. Yeah. And I think you saw a really good game there from uh, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. And I think Gabe Vincent, he's the one who's taking these Kyle Lowry minutes. And when Lowry comes back, if, assuming he's healthy, he goes into that starting lineup. But Vincent's trying to say to Spolstra, I want to make this difficult for you because he is working his ass off yeah. on the defensive end as well, which I really, really like. And then when he's being asked to take those shots, he's knocking them in. So this was a very, very impressive second half. Trey, you say it was the tale of two halves, but Ime Udoka said, well, we won three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Yes, you're yeah. t- statistically true, but you lost one by 25. So 
uh, that doesn't really uh, matter at all when you when you play like that. But the Celtics certainly did unravel a bit, which we haven't seen a lot of that in the playoffs so far. That third quarter was a complete disaster. That's where they lost the game. And uh, now Horford, who knows if he's out for game two because he's probably out because it's on uh, uh, Thursday night. Yeah, it's a quick game two here. Yeah, Marcus Smart, that's an injury, so we're not sure. But he's been kind of banged up these playoffs. Who do you think they missed more of the two? If you had to pick, like well, Pass was talking about Smart yeah, or Horford in this one. Probably Smart, I think, yeah, uh, because I, I thought Robert Williams in there was actually really good. Yeah. I mean, this was an incredible defensive game. We had 20 blocks combined. Aaron Neesmith had some incredible yeah. blocks out there. He was fantastic. Uh, that was all he really did. Uh, but, yeah, you've got three for Butler, four for Bam, and then three for Gabe Vincent as well. So this was that's what we kind of expect these two teams, aggressive defensive teams. But I thought Robert Williams was, was pretty good in his minutes, and um, it was good to see him back. So interested to see now how they go for game two because as I say I think Horford's probably out but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Smart sort of fights his way through and gets back in uh, back to Jimmy Butler with the 41-9-5-4-3 he said flirting with the 5-by-5 five five there that stat line has only been accomplished by Anthony Davis Kim Olajuwon wow David Robinson Kareem and James Harden did it twice and none what? of those guys did it in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's Curveball very rare. End, all tall guys. Yeah. And then James Harden. Uh, did not expect it. And nobody um, in the postseason. And here we are, Jimmy, uh, again scoring 40-plus in, in a playoff game. You know, we said it. Like, Draymond always has the, there's 82-game guys, there's 16-game guys. He really is. Jimmy Butler is a 16-game guy. That's five 40-point games in his last 32 playoff games. Zero in the regular season <laughs> in 322 games. Now, though, he plays more minutes, yeah. you know, of course, uh, in a postseason game, and that makes sense, but it's really crazy. He has taken his game just to a completely different level and was putting the pressure, not only hitting shots with, what, 12 and 19 he finished, but at the line trade. You think, like, I mean, just, like, the pump fakes and just, like, drawing contact and, and baiting some foul calls for sure. Totally. This is what he does. That's exactly right. He's... Dwayne Wade, basically, yeah. as a player. He, that's why Dwayne Wade calls him my brother yeah. out there, and that's why Dwayne Wade came to the Bulls and stole Jimmy Butler away. It was a long-term plan, and it completely <laughs> worked out for the Miami Heat, but 18 free throws is impressive. Giannis never took 18 free throws against the Celtics. He probably should have gotten to 18 <laughs> free throws, but I also do feel like Jimmy earns his free throws because he's a small guy who drives as often as a big guy does. Like He's going to be in the lane yep. as much as Giannis is, but when you're 6'5", it looks a little different than when you're 7 feet tall and the biggest, baddest dude out there. So Jimmy is savvy inside. He's strong enough to get to his spots, and the jumper is good enough that he can take it when he absolutely needs to. And yeah. then when he's able to score uh, in transition plays, that's so huge for the Heat because without Lowry there, they're not going to get the off-the-rebound, hit-ahead sort of plays. So to actually just turn defense to offense... That's easy money for Jimmy Butts. Yeah, one of the X factors when we were talking about our predictions and doing the preview yesterday, I went with Tyler Hero, and I thought he played really good in this one, uh, especially when they were down early and they looked like they couldn't score, and he checked in like halfway through the first quarter, and he hit a three immediately. Then he hit, you know, got a couple switches on some bigs and was hitting like little floaters, got a kind bounce here or there. And then he had like the Kyle Lowry like pass to Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gorgeous yeah. look ahead that was a really tight window. Um, and so he was playmaking as well. Just gave him a jolt, I thought, Tass. And that's what they need. I think they need uh, like three more really good hero games, uh, of course, paired with Jimmy and Bam doing their thing and the other guys contributing because it's a team effort. But he has to he has to have these little spark plug games, I think, uh, in even moments 
to help Miami, who do struggle at times to score and against a great defense. Oh, yeah. Miami was being squashed those first minutes without yep. Tyler Hero. And Jimmy wasn't looking great. The length, I think, was bothering him uh, a little bit. And then Hero came in. And, yeah, if he's passing ahead uh, like he did to Jimmy Butler that time, he's got to be feeling great. Uh, so I think he loves playing against these Boston Celtics guards. And, again, uh, I think that's where they desperately missed Marcus Smart. Uh, they had to go uh, a lot with Derek White and Peyton Pritchard, and they switched so much uh, that everybody needs to be big out there. Uh, Tyler Hero's going to take advantage of it. Jimmy Butler took advantage of it. I thought Jimmy was a little reluctant to go against length a lot of the, uh, the first half, and then he started getting those switches, and uh, the, the jumper started feeling good, and then he was hitting against everybody, including Jason Tatum, and that was sexy to watch a, a couple Tatum versus Butler possessions Tatum got him in the first half blocked him in the corner then Butler blocked Tatum in the corner the the second half and uh, Jimmy was feeling so good the length wasn't bothering him after a while uh, but I, I think yeah T- uh, Marcus Smart has to find a way to get back on this floor mm-hmm. I underestimated how much they value uh, they need him because, you know, they got by without him against Giannis uh, because, you know, he doesn't have to do a lot against him. They got by, you know, w- without him for a full game. But in this instance, uh, he, Jimmy Butler was just picking on Peyton Pritchard. So uh, they got to they gotta fix that real quick. Hopefully Marcus Smart can come mm. back. We talked about Boston winning the three quarters uh, without two of their starters in Horford is Smart. Um, of course, Heat missing Lowry. Other good positives from the Celtics to at least take away from this? Like, what would you pick besides, let's say, Tatum looking great in the first half, things changing in the second half, but uh, who, who would you circle that was like, okay, this is a good thing from Boston moving forward here? Well, I think they can get a lot more out of Grant Williams. <laughs> I mean, he, he we, I was expecting to have a bigger impact. He only hit the 1-3, got in a bit of foul trouble as well. They're a bit frustrated, so... They can play much better, and they need those other guys. I thought, actually, uh, Tice gave them some decent minutes when he came in off the bench there. But really, it's hard to sort of look because Tatum and Brown both played okay games in terms of scoring the ball. I mean... Brown didn't do anything until the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, I mean... He got 15 and 6 of whatever his final box score was in the fourth quarter. And, you know, look... 3 for 12 outside of the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, He's a streaky player. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But I would go with Tice. I would say, you said it already, too. Like, Time Lord was great. Yeah. He was, until he was cramping up, I mean, he was 18 and 9 and, like challenging so many shots in the first half at the rim. I thought he was super yeah. active for a guy that hadn't played. His athleticism is just incredible. Yeah. Just, just the upgrade that on, on Al Horford is a very smart defender, but that athleticism, the ability to contest those yeah. shots is uh, is incredible here. But look, look, I, I mean, if it's one of those things where the Celtics like, good, game one, we can't be like that anymore. We have got to tidy up uh, just how we take care of the ball. And hopefully they will get a couple of guys back here. Certainly when they get Al Horford back as well, that will just give them a little bit more mm-hmm. off the bench. Because Pritchard was okay offensively for them. But yeah, they, uh, defensively, the Heat are just like, if he's out here, Jimmy Butler's just going to go and ruin him. And he, and he did. So, uh, you know, it was funny when Pritchard came down and hit a three. All the bench was ready to come in there for the Celtics, and then he hit that three. The <laughs> yeah. joke was like, uh, just hang on a second. We Sit might. Loop. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. it stayed somewhat close, and you said, like, the, the Heat, they had their lead cut to, like, single digits there, and then it was like, you know, uh, it was just like trading threes. Yeah, it was like it uh, was. Tater, Tatum and Tucker, and then you had Struce. Brown and Struess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were hitting some timely, like, sort of counters yeah. where it was still a game. But, um, yeah, I, I guess what I'm getting at here is... Uh, 
anyone that took the Celtics here at this table, do they want to immediately like switch their prediction after just one game? Never or, after one game. Okay, no. that's no. what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought would be your because because again the uh, the Heat talking about three point shooting, they only hit ten threes themselves uh, last night. I mean that can be something that has affected them on the road. So Celtics obviously have to get game two, I think, here and then go home and still feel pretty good about themselves. So I, I mean it was it was one just disgusting quarter <laughs> right. from the Celtics. No, I mean yeah, it was no, putrid, putrid quarter. Other than that, and, and the fourth quarter, you can sort of take that out as well because the game was, they were down, what, 17, I think it was, going into that fourth. Yeah. Um, you know, so they had a But huge had it cut to like 10 yeah. like, with like eight minutes to go. So it's yeah. like still there. But Jimmy, Jimmy wasn't going to, he was like, all right, I'll just, as long as Pritchard's out here, I'm just going to keep going at him. So fine. Any other thoughts from game one of the Eastern <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, the third quarter is really the entire story. And I think the Celtics can say, flush it, good night, let's play game two. Because uh, I think the worrisome part, uh, uh, you know, going back to watching a bunch of those possessions, was the the flight level wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jalen Brown allowed Jimmy Butler just to corral an offensive rebound so easily, box him out. And while those possessions were happening where the Heat were scoring over and over and over again, you just can't let little things like that happen. You got spanked by 12 minutes and for a full 12 minutes. You know, there was a seven minute stretch where they didn't score a basket and they were also just stripped and lacked the fight on the other end. And they couldn't find a a guard out there to be able to switch. They pulled Derek White, put in Peyton Pritchard. And and so they learned stuff, I think, from that third quarter. Uh, And uh, yeah, I think they can just say we feel good. They, I think they should feel good with uh, with Marcus Smart coming back. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a little bit of a scramble defensively to to try and figure out Butler. But up and down the roster, yeah, some of the fight level wasn't there. The turnovers were horrendous. But you know, you got good minutes out of a, a weird weird situation where Aaron Neesmith was playing. He didn't play all freaking playoffs, and he had three blocks in this game. What uh, he had five all year. Jason. T- uh, Jason Tatum, Daniel Tice gave him some good minutes off the bench. Like they were, yeah. I think they feel pretty good about their rotation, other than that third quarter. And yeah, especially if they get their players back and they don't have to play those guys, because I think yeah. that will be the huge thing. Like, I mean, ten minutes is too much for Aaron Neesmith in a playoff series. Thirty minutes is too much for Peyton Pritchard and Tice. He was a minus sixteen in his minutes. He's the slowest guy on the court by far. Um, so I think that that's going to be a problem the longer we go. But as they get Horford and Smart back, I mean, Smart is the key right now because the the Celtics don't have the release valve right now with Horford on the bench and Smart on the bench. That would be the guy to attack four on threes because the Heat are going to do the same thing. They're going to say, Tatum, you had no clue how to handle what we were doing in the second half. Can you figure it out in game two? The Celtics need somebody to catch the ball, put it on the floor, and make a play. Pritchard did that a little bit. Derek White should probably be the guy when there's no Marcus Smart out there, but if either Horford or Smart comes back, they're so good at just connecting both sides of the floor that that would be big time. Uh, we don't know Smart's status for, for Thursday night game two, right? We just are. He was pretty active assuming. on the bench there. Yeah, last he was. Night. He, he was standing just, a lot. Yeah, he didn't warm up good. Like, he didn't, he didn't warm up uh, for the game. Yeah. 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 Um, they need him, for sure. Mm-hmm. And and Horford, I guess it's sounding like, yeah, he might miss this game because he's in uh, health and safety protocols, which is crazy. I mean, that happened like hours before yeah. the game. We learned of that, uh, which was really wild. What do you think of the Heat crowd getting that 830 start? Think it helps them out? In their seats a little earlier there, so that, that seven or seven thirty starts that they sometimes were getting in some of these playoff games. What'd you think of the? They were the good. Last, they fine. were good. Yeah, I think they are helped out by the later start. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually in the building, a little buzz building. Uh, Venus Williams in the crowd. Yeah, I wish Serena was there. We'd have had four Williams in attendance. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know? should play mixed doubles. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. At all sports. Yes. Yeah. So the Vena, great, so yeah. the Williams sisters versus yeah. the uh, William the Celtics Williams. Yes. Boys. In, in, in Robert yeah. and Grant. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. I'd watch that. Well, I would too. What did you think of uh, Grant Williams being mic'd up? Uh, not too bad. Inside yeah. tracks. Yeah, not too bad. Um, younger guy. Uh, <laughs> fine. Younger guy. You know, he was pretty encouraging. You know? Yeah. I, I talked about on the, uh, on the mini pod last night, the immediate reaction yeah. pod I put up. He's a little annoying, isn't he? Don't you get the vibes? Everyone's like, "All right, shut up." Man. Well, I think I think the thing is when you are mic'd up, I think you're just way more conscious, and so you want Probably. You, want, you want those. 100%. You want to be the teammate, the good guy, you know, the role player who's like, "All right, I'm 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 here for my guys. I'm very I get encouraged. it. I get it." But like, by all accounts, he never yeah. sort of stops talking. No, too, no, no, so. no. It's like it's it's like Arthur Hamilton at Wednesday night pickup. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the game last week yeah. against me and Trey, and there was a little bit of tension between one of his two. He said, "Hey, I'm not criticizing. I'm trying to lift you up." <laughs> That's what it felt like yeah. watching Grant Williams there. Okay. okay. Uh, and what did you think about the the flagrant one call we did get in this game? Interested to hear your take on, bam, boxing out, Robert Williams sort of jumping then for the rebound, gets undercut, they go take a look at it, and they decide. That's a flagrant one. What did you think? Good call. Can't be undercutting players when they're up in the air. I know you're saying it's a box out, but... If Bam thought that was a box, if that was a shot, then I don't know that Bam Adebayo has seen a shot. It was a lob. Like, it was clear to a lob. They're saying he was trying to box out. He was just trying to get some contact on him. So, I thought it was the right call. Steve Javi was right on that. He called it as it was happening. Like, uh, he said, this is going to be a flagrant one. Mm -hmm. And it was Mark Jackson. I can't remember which one of them. Gundy said... This is going to be a flagrant one yeah. as well. Yeah. One of them was like, that shouldn't be a flagrant right, right. one. Uh, and, and I get what he's saying. Like, you know, he's he was implying he wasn't watching. But still, yeah. if you're if you're ducking down like that and a guy comes over, a guy hit the ground, I think it's a flagrant one. I thought overall the officials, I guess, weren't bad in this one until there, there was a moment where it felt like Zarba, Malloy, and Tony Brothers uh-huh. wanted to shine a little bit. Get a little camera time. <laughs> I saw I you tweet that. Yeah, what, they did. What was that? What well, there was, was that? We, got a, we had a couple <laughs> offensive fouls called, like back-to-back again. It was like, a, you know, it was like within three possessions, mm. there was a couple. We had that play with Bam. They had to go over, show off their new haircuts. Right. I you think, know, I they, think they it was one of those They just got to get rare, a little camera time. Is what it was did. one of those rare situations there where they did the the offensive fouls each way then they gave Grant Williams a call as a makeup call it was mm-hmm. a weird a weird makeup yes. call as like yep. third call because that shouldn't have happened yeah the refs were fine in this game they they were fine even though i think uh the Celtics like playing against the Heat's front line and we saw in the first half they were going to the rim oh, yeah. you know instead of instead of facing Brook uh they're you know they're stretching out bam and they were getting to the rim and, and feeling pretty good about that so i thought you know I, I, lee brought up the the three point stat Mark, you know, only 30 shots uh, from the Heat and 34 from the Celtics. So there were it's a lot of penetration. And they were pretty close to uh, our halftime record for points in the paint, the Celtics, yeah, were in, yeah. that, in that first half. So it was, it was a fun game. And then the Heat decided we're closing off that front door. Uh, you are not coming in that front door. And a wild, wild turn of events there in that third quarter. Yeah, the pressure, like you talked about, was similar to what they were doing with, with Trey Young in the first round, if yeah. you remember. It's, it was just, it's, so far out and you know it's one thing to do it to Trey who obviously has a handle but you know I think the one knock maybe on a superstar like Tatum and then Brown not a superstar but you know an all-star their handle is not the tightest at times and those quick decisions that they have to make Tatum's become a better playmaker um, but I'm with you Trey that was where you were like really missing either Horford at the at the free throw line who always sort of like is just like a little calming sort of presence uh, with the ball 
and then smart too, just an option. Sure. Because uh, you know they put, they they ramped it up way out there, and it just kept leading to turnover after turnover after turnover. Mm-hmm. So, you know, great pressure defensively, but s- sloppy and bad decisions being made, and not helping out. Even I thought Tatum at times. Some of the other guys, like somebody's got to come to the ball with a little purpose. Well, that's right. And and but again, I think sometimes those passes they were sort of just drop off passes were. that are like a regular season pass. Yep. Jimmy was just like lying in the weeds, ready for those. Oh, Hero was even the one, yeah. like you know, snuck behind. I think they were just trying to, like, like you said, like a bit of a lazy pass to yeah. Tatum. Ah, if it was regular season, no one's really going for no that. No one's going that You're hard, not taking no. a risk, but yeah, yeah, in the playoffs, they were playing a lot harder. Uh, any other final thoughts? Any random notes? Anything from this game? Uh, one thing with the referees, Tony Brothers, there was a little um, box out between Tatum and PJ Tucker, and their arms got kind oh, of yes. tangled. Uh, yep. And he came over and basically just said, "Hey, knock it off!" But they they sort of said, "Hey, come on, man, we're just we're just getting into it. It's a yeah, pass, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just jostling." So I thought that was uh, I thought it was good refereeing that he didn't give him a double T because sometimes you see that like yeah. you know stupid double T. But then the boys also just said, "Hey, come on, man, we're we're, we're, we're just banging here. Like, let us bang." <laughs> Trey, do you have anything else from this one? Uh, Daniel Tice had a monster block, huge on oh. Wayne Deadman. But I gotta say, felt like a direct to VHS sequel. Of Bam blocking Jason right. Tatum. I mean, we got worse stars here. The game wasn't as big of a deal yeah. at the time, but uh, nice to see them get the band back together for uh, for a sequel. Of the twenty blocks, it felt like eight were like highlight yeah. variety, like either like come from behind blocks yeah. or obviously. I swear, one blocks. of them. Bam jumped completely sideways. Like he yeah. was flying sideways through the air like Superman for hit one of these blocks in the second half. He was all over the place. Man. Aaron Neesmith stopped a four-on-one. Yeah. It literally was a four-on-one. Yeah, right. And the smallest yeah. dude on the floor who's had five blocks all season got up to the rim and denied it. Hey, he's, he's, a, he's a cool guy to play with, I think. He yeah. was playing hard. He was, yeah. A lot of fouls. I do think he gave back every single point that he saved mm. on his blocks, yeah. though. He fouled a three-point shooter. He fouled Jimmy after a pump fake. And then he was not even close on his three-point attempts. Like, pretty yeah. bad misses. But... They were in a tough spot. They yeah, to, they had they to try to go it. deep into yeah. the bench for sure. And he played hard. He played but, hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe gave a, a little bit back at times for sure. Uh, all right, well let's uh, let's take our first break. Very excited as if you can't tell about this series. I think it's going to be a long one. Um, I can't wait for uh, game two there on Thursday night. I hope Smart is back. And who knows with Lowry? I mean, they haven't lost when he's when he's not <laughs> playing in the, the postseason yeah. with the way Gabe is playing. I thought. Final note. I said this on last night's show, so apologies for repeating myself. I did think in the first couple minutes of the game, I was like oh Gabe Vincent and Max Struess look a little overwhelmed by the uh for sure you know Eastern Conference Finals here maybe at this point it catches up to them but I was proven wrong because they both got into the rhythm of the game and uh obviously contributed obviously timely shots and 17 from from Vincent alone with three threes that's huge so yeah they were fine in the know. third quarter yeah I think the leadership of Tucker and Butler the old dudes just trickled down and yep. those guys were fine maybe if the Boston Celtics have home court advantage it's a different story but they're playing at home and they feel good and uh, Gabe Vincent was monstrous in that third quarter. We're all yeah. talking about those yeah. strips up top, uh, but he had a couple on Robert Williams where they made the Celtics finally got it inside, made the right passes, and uh, Gabe made two clean strips of Robert Williams. I think one was called a block, mistakenly, but uh, yeah, Gabe was real good inside and then started to find the range on the three. Great replay of him at the three-point line, looking at the opposite shot clock. Yeah, that was and, cool. And then turning around. I don't know why he didn't just look at the shot clock in front of him, but whatever. Uh, a lot he of bodies the in ups, the way. He's I the guess, guy. I guess. <laughs> and then he turned around and banged home a huge three. I didn't recognize him when I turned on the TV because he had the uh, 
the new hairdo. Yeah, like up, right. up in the right sort style. of John Moran yeah. style. Exactly. It's like, who is this? Yeah. Is there a 17th Miami <laughs> Heat player? <laughs> Would you, you couldn't really even be all that surprised no. if there was. You're like, oh, no. this is a new guy they found? Okay, cool. Put him in. Uh, all right, well, let's take our first break. When we come back, winners and losers from last night's NBA draft lottery and... And, 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 the league is considering a rule change. So we'll get into that. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Okay, back with the boys in the Classic Factory. If you're just joining us, hit that like button, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, share the show, tell your friends. We're here all playoffs. Uh, last night, before Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Orlando Magic won the number one pick in the 2022 NBA Draft uh, at the NBA Draft Lottery. OKC, Houston, Sacramento picking second, third, and fourth, respectively. Here's a look at the uh, full order of first-round picks for anybody joining us on... YouTube right now, um, but we did it. We called it. Mm-hmm. Is this the third time we were trying to figure it out, Tass? Before you got in here, is this the third time our show has successfully predicted a day or two in advance the winner of the actual NBA draft lottery? Mm-hmm. We I w- think it is. I would guess fourth, but I, 
I'd have to go back and check. I definitely know it's the second time that there was a malfunction on the first pull, <laughs> and we still got it right. Right, <laughs> that's right. happened before in uh, a shower once. Yeah, yeah, we had you in the shower with the uh, giant industrial fan. You called mm-hmm. that one. That was the calves way back, yeah. like early two thousand, like two thousand and. 11, maybe? 10 years ago, man. Yeah, but I think we did the, the fan back in the studio again. I think we got it right as well. Well, yeah, yes. we did. Uh, you were in the uh, wind like machine. wind machine. Wind machine. That was the yeah. Sixers. So that's, uh, what are we looking at there? 16, something like that? Um, yep. And then this one. So it's at least three or four, okay? Pretty good results. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But last night's draft lottery, who, who is the biggest winner besides us <laughs> and your sons? <laughs> well, I think it's the Oklahoma City Thunder because they went in with the fourth best odds and they moved up to number two in this draft, which is largely from my own research here. Now, again, we don't all follow the the, uh, the college and stuff, but it sounds like any one of the top three out of Bancaro, Smith and Holgram could be the number one pick. Holgram. <laughs> Isn't that his name? Chet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holmgren. Holmgren. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, he used to be an NFL coach. So, um, no you know, to, to move into that top three, I think, is is major. You're going to get one of the guys who could be the number one. And uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, I mean, they've been tanking a lot these last couple of seasons. Last season, they picked number six, Josh Giddy, as, as their highest pick. So now they get that real potential franchise-altering player there right. at number two. That is that is major, I think. And, uh, you know, so if you fall out of that top three, most drafts... I think the top two or three are considered, you know... Yeah, those that, three guys. Yeah, those, and the Thunder need a big guy. So yeah, they, yeah. they're going to so, have to pick. Um, so exactly who they choose, obviously, we, you know, we'll, we'll find out. But it sounds to me like Bancaro is probably the number one pick now, right now. But maybe that's changing. Oh, I don't I know. I feel like it's different. <laughs> Depending every on who every you talk to, mock yeah. I've seen, it's different, yeah, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, do they go Jabari? But it's also, it's, also, it's also good in a draft like this to not necessarily pick number one because then you can't like, oh, man, we left this guy on the board. You know what I mean? It's like, well, <laughs> it's, it's like when they got Kevin Durant back in the day. It was like, well, great, we get Kevin Durant. You know, you sort of get that. You, you can't mess up the first pick. <laughs> the it's like when the Hornets two, got man. LaMelo Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That all said, uh, you could be the Kings and pick Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course over, you could. Of course uh, you could. I'm just trying to spin it in a, I in a real positive way here. I got you. Okay, so OKC, yeah, you got uh, moving up into the top three there. Yes. Um, They've also got the winner? number 12 pick, yeah. which is big time. And I don't know if you saw any of the clips from Andrew Schlecht. They were having a big uh, yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder yeah. draft party because yep. this is like their biggest night of the year. Huge pops, starting with Nick Collison yeah. being announced as their yeah. representative. All the Thunder fans are like, yeah, <laughs> Nick's up there. And he brought the good luck. So, yeah, yeah. good stuff. Uh, uh, for Schlecht and the Thunderboys. <laughs> Who do you think is going to go number one overall with the Orlando Magic? I mean... Uh, honestly, for me, I think Chet Holmgren is the perfect Venn diagram because <laughs> every time they get the number one pick, they draft a center. Mm. Whether it be Shaq, Chris Webber played small ball center, eventually went to the Warriors and Dwight Howard. Right. And they also like freakishly skinny and very long guys which Chet Holmgren once again so I'm like their Venn diagram is a perfect circle Mm. Uh, but I don't know Uh, they also have a lot of big guys right now a Chet Holmgren Mo Bamba front court (laughs) that'd be hilarious people don't think Mo Bamba is going to be long in Orlando no Bamba no Bamba with all these big guys okay so uh, who else was a winner to you or thoughts even on who's going number one to Orlando or number two to OKC. Yeah, he's going to be a large man, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, Jabari Holmgren or Banchero. Uh, yeah, the image that always comes up is the three images of those guys. So those are the guys I definitely know. They could go one, two, three. OKC's got to be extremely pumped. Yeah, to get up to number two, they have Shea. They have Josh Giddy. They have two ball handlers. They have Lou Dort on the wing. And then all of a sudden you come in 
come into this draft with three bigs that could be uh, number one. So I'm sure they want the number one pick. Uh, I'm sure Sam Presti wants to uh, you know flex his muscles on that day and not just uh, leave it up to chance to who he gets. But I don't know. I'm familiar with Chet my, most myself, having watched him uh, as a zag with Drew Time, uh, Drew Timmy beside him. But uh, you know, he he looks looked good. I know Paolo Banchero from the F1 race, <laughs> yes. uh, the grid the grid walk. Right, looks like a confident guy. I'd like to have him well, on my team. He looks like Patrick Mahomes, according to uh, Brundle, Martin Brundle. Brundle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you totally mistook mm-hmm. him for that. Um, so yeah, we had Thunder moving up, and then the other team that really moved up was the Kings, who got a little lucky here. Uh, they were like, I think they were, you know, sixth or seventh were their mm-hmm. odds, something like that. Seventh, I believe, and then move up to fourth seed. Yeah, but they moved up. You're, you're laughing because it's <laughs> well, not... it's funny that they moved up to number four, yeah. and the top three picks are supposed to be big guys. And then the number four like draft prospect yeah. is a super athletic guard. So I'm thinking guards with the fellas for Sacramento. They might be having to draft another point guard after drafting Davion Mitchell last year, after drafting Tyrese Halliburton the year before, all with their highest paid player being their point guard. Oh, Kings. How are they going to mess this one up is the question. Mm, yes. And could they be aggressive in trying to move up? Is there any way you could talk one of those three Talk teams to above them. Say, hey, I, Houston, you want a big? I don't... Well... Houston's looking good. They're getting yeah. big either way. I think yeah. the Rockets are actually a big winner here because they're kind of in the Cleveland Cavaliers spot from last year. There was three potential number one picks last year. The Cavs ended up number three. Great. We got Evan Mobley. That's what the Rockets are this year. They're getting somebody who's going to be six foot ten, who's going to help their team, whether it be Holmgren, Bancaro, or Smith. Yeah. They got mostly perimeter talent uh, in Houston right now, so they're just adding somebody who's going to fit in real nice. All right, this is a question for everybody out there, both of these. Let us know in the stream team your biggest winner last night at the draft lottery. Let's uh, flip it on its head, though. Taz, biggest loser. Who was it? Well, I think it's the Blazers going back. They tanked, essentially, to try and get two good picks because they traded C.J. McCollum for the Pelicans pick. They had their own pick where they were trying to get really bad. And what ended up happening is they ended up with the number seven, and that's it. Uh, So, yeah, it's unfortunate for them. Now, the McCollum deal... Not necessarily their fault, but the Pelicans worked their way out of the lottery. They finished 15th, which was just out of the range of the pick that they would get. They could only get it if it was between 5 and 14. So that number one pick that they got for C.J. McCollum now converts to a Milwaukee Bucks 2025 first-round pick, which ain't going to be as good, uh, obviously. I assume Yanis is going to play there forever. So, yeah, the C.J. McCollum trade ended up being Josh Hart uh, in parts. And so now, now the Blazers dropped with their own pick uh, from six to seven. So that's what they got. And if you look at their team, you know, but trading CJ McCollum, trading Norman Powell, Robert Covington, it is now the number seven pick going into this draft, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, and then Josh Hart, Eric Bledsoe, who are both non-guaranteed justice Winslow. They want Jeremy Grant. They want a free agent, but it's not a great class. So, uh, not looking good for next season, unless they somehow swing something big here, but, uh, you know, I mentioned all those guys and Lillard turning 32 this summer. Uh, he showed up at the draft lottery. I'm sure he's excited, but I, I wonder how excited he's going to be for another season playing with mm-hmm. that. How do you think they go about figuring out who's going to represent the team? <laughs> Especially when it comes to, like, Lillard or Sabonis or, like, the players. Like, it's one thing if it's a front office guy. I'm, um, I'm sure you'd want to get a little camera time. Why not? Sure. Uh, but I was like, do they approach Lillard? Does he really want to do it? I'm always fascinated by that. Lillard's a 
pretty big star to be sitting yeah, at the huge. draft lottery, especially considering, like Tass is saying, they tanked the season away, hoping for him to get a good draft pick, and they dropped down. So, I mean, obviously he's okay with it because there's no way Lillard shows up without them asking ahead of time. He's like, yeah, yeah sure, I'll do it. I'll bring some good luck. Obviously was not the case, but I think that's probably why you see uh, retired legends are mm. generally the way to go, unless you are a pretty poor team with a young star. Lillard was a sur- surprise, though. Yeah, I was a little yeah. shocked by that. I mean, yeah, it was like we had Rip Hamilton, you yeah. had the mask yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. Bad luck the, mask. The Pistons slipped, yeah. too. They're, they're probably one of the other big losers from the draft lottery, right? Well, that's who I had, yeah, yeah. because they could have been third and they dropped to fifth. So that that is huge. When you, you say could have been third. They could have been first. Well, the yes, exact they, same yeah, odds yes. as they could have been first. Teams. Yeah. They could have been first. Yeah. So not uh, after they didn't get the egg. Yeah, not gonna, that's right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so to drop now out of that top three and obviously the top four as well means you're still going to get a good player, very yeah. good uh, talent, but you had hopes of certainly getting no worse than three, I think, and going then like into the a, night. And a big to pair with yeah. Kane. Oh, yeah. And obviously uh, yeah, yeah. young talent there and Sadiq Bay and stuff like yep. that. Yeah. So, That's yeah, rough. tough one for them. Yeah, it's how the ping pong balls fall. That's right. What do you think of the overall presentation last night? Thumbs up, thumbs down. It seemed to me they were running behind because uh, when Malika was calling out who was there, she was just ripping. She was, those she was going names. pretty fast yeah. there, yeah. So I think there might have been a Matt Austin or a JD in there, like, we're running out of time. You're going to have to just fly through these. Yeah. And she was. It was, uh, who was the, uh, yeah, who was, it was the second last person. I think it was Mosley. I think yeah, it was Mosley. Yeah, it was Mosley. Yeah. <laughs> and he, his name, or they'd moved on to the next one and he was there. Was Stone and yeah, Mosley yeah, got very yeah. little uh, camera yeah, exactly, time there. Exactly, yeah. So I oh, think- we had an interview with like Lillard. Yeah. Uh, we had an interview with the three top prospects. That's right. Which I thought yeah. was fine. <laughs> then the Admiral showed up. He slid in. Uh, wow. I thought it was, I will say Malika Andrews is better than anyone that's ever done this at this, in my opinion. She kills this. Like, mm. Just the the juggling of literally ping pong balls that she has to do at a draft lottery where they're going over here. And Wait, she's LBL the one that mixes is. them up? No, she might. Mm-hmm. She oh. should be. She can't do anything wrong. I thought she was great in that she role. She sung Hamilton pre, pre-show as well. <laughs> what can't Killing she do? No. Um, but I thought the stage looked cooler than it ever looked, maybe, too. I was a fan of it. It really went uh, like LED crazy with this year's uh, in Chicago, right? That's where it yeah. was, wasn't it? Right? It was or yeah. somewhere in Illinois, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes, it was in it was in the state of Illinois. Yeah, Yorkville, Illinois, is where they had it. Weird choice. Oh, yeah, so where yeah. is that? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yorkville is like the town next to Plano, Illinois. Oh. It was not there. But was it actually in Chicago or was it like sort of out? I couldn't. That's I, I, didn't I was watching uh, Tampa Bay Lightning versus Florida Panthers uh, at this time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Perkins had a good line off the top. Uh he said something, they need a big, like, I need Weight Watchers yeah, or something. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good stuff. And uh, Mike Schmitz, the draft expert yep. there for ESPN, does a fantastic job. Uh, but it was tough that all three prospects were giants. Oh, they're gigantic. <laughs> and then they bring in David Robinson. David, Rob- <laughs> David Robinson looked four times bigger than Chet there next to him, just in the, in the you know, in, in his suit. So uh, that was a, a tough one there for Mike. He didn't get a year where you might have had a, you know, a six-footer as the number one pick there. Instead, he's holding the mic up to all these guys guys who seemed like they were just uh, seven foot tall all of them do you want chet to go to okc so we can see photos of him and poku and <laughs> chet and poku and josh wow <laughs> yeah and your yeah. guy josh chet and, and, yeah. and my guy sga i mean what a team they're building yeah, yeah a couple canadians and australians ah yeah a couple guys that sort of look like me if you just stretch them out there's some yeah. similarities i guess at least very international team the thunder so yeah that's where you want chet sure you? okay sure why not okay yeah any other thoughts on the draft lottery? Nope. No. McCormick no. Place in Chicago. Is yeah. Where I was at, uh, so right by the lake. 
right by Soldier okay. Field. Okay. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> I really well. needed to know that. <laughs> but where is that? Um, yeah, let's hear from everybody in the stream team. Your winners and losers uh, last night. It was, you know, again, it was fairly chalk there for the first little bit. Yeah. There wasn't, uh, it's always fun when you get like, because you know you're following it and then you don't see the team. Tatum doesn't read or show you the card of the team that's supposed to be there. And you're like, whoa, they're in the top four. Okay. But it went for a little while there until like a Sacramento. Uh, and then you knew they were in it. Uh, let's talk about this, though. According to Sham Sharanya, the NBA is eyeing a rule change to the transition take foul that would award the offensive team with one free throw and retaining possession of the ball. Okay? Board of Governors are going to vote on this change. It sounds like it's going to go through. Current rules similar in the G League right now. Um... And they'll decide on this in July. So the transition take foul, thinking about tweaking it, uh, at least the penalty for doing it. Thoughts? Will this change anything? Very little? Love it? What do you think? They're eyeing a rule change. I was hoping the NBA referee official Twitter account would have hit us with like the eyes emoji. Mm. <laughs> Retweeting Shams' tweet. Oh yeah, we're looking at that. This needs to happen. It's gonna happen. So shout out to the league for getting it done pretty quickly. This became... One of the bigger referee talking points, I feel like, this season. You know, for the first maybe month, we were talking about how much more physicality was allowed, how much more contact there was at the rim. That kind of went away over the course of the season, but the take fouls stuck around. So I don't know if there were really more this season, but it felt like there were more this season. Maybe it's just uh, the culture of complaining on the internet that you're hearing it all the time uh, and on the broadcast as well. So... This seems like a smart way to do it. One free throw, you get the ball back. As long as there is no way that these can be reviewed, I'm 100% <laughs> in on this. Yeah. They should not put any review language attached to this rule because we do not need take fouls still happening then to be reviewed to get rid of the same oh, foul. Right. That, yeah. That's the only way to make it worse. Because we have this, but we got clear path fouls. Yes. That's we're always looking at the damn monitor always. for because it's like, where was the player? Yeah. Was he back on defense when the foul occurred? Because these are two different things. I think maybe some people don't really understand that. The transition take foul sort of generally happening in, uh, well, however you want to look at it. like Transition. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but um, I'm trying to, it's different than the clear path foul in the sense that it's usually happening sort of, I guess, more in the backcourt, if that, that makes sense. It's like the turnover happens and then it's the quick foul. Yeah. And we don't need to go look at it because there's no clear path situation, but they're similar in a sense, but the penalty not as harsh. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think this is what they have to do is is not make it a super punishable offense by like two free throws. It's instead, it's like just to try to eradicate it from the game one free throw and the team gets possession. I think that's a smart way to do it here. But it is incredibly annoying when you're watching and the guys just grab each other just to slow the game yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we've got to get rid of. So that's why, again, you don't have a huge, huge punishment, you know, like two free throws and possession. It's just one to say, just to discourage it. Some people think it may not be, it may not do a whole lot because the punishment maybe is not that severe. Um, I think they're wrong. You do? Yeah, I think this disincentivizes fouling. I, th I think for sure. I think you just end up trying to play defense instead because, yeah, one in the ball will happen. Uh, the the fact is they tried in the G League and it worked, so that's a great sign. That's yeah. what the G League is for. Uh, it's just like baseball, using that pitch clock, bring it to the big leagues. That's, that's what you have to do. It worked, and I think that's exactly uh, I, I, the... You know, the, the experiment that they needed, the results that they needed to, to implement it, done and done. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to get all cute about it. Definitely don't review it. <laughs> never, <laughs> never, ever. I, I guess the worrisome part is, yeah, you, you, you said, like, some people don't know 
what this actually is. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, usually a two-on-one, three-on-one transition uh, or a guy is just flying by and it's going to be a bucket. So yeah. if, if, there, if there is a gray area, if people don't know what it is, if, if you, we have to you know, define what it is, like sort of like the clear path rule is, mm-hmm. that's kind of – there's kind of a gray area there. If there's a gray area in this and they have to review it, then – Gosh, that's going to be uh, <laughs> difficult. That's going to uh, that's going to be tough to watch because, as Trey said, it feels like it was the number one uh, event of the year, the one number one to, uh, complaining uh, point of uh, complaints, I guess you'd call it. Uh, yeah, it was for sure, uh, and I don't think it was because people like complaining. I think it, was, it just happened. But is it clear as to what it is? Uh, and I think that's probably why people complain so hopefully 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 that refs just make a call because it is freaking pretty clear and uh move on with it mike prada now of the athletic Mm. uh he tweeted his thoughts last night he says this is better right than it was like this if they put this uh implement this rule change which they probably will but mike says it doesn't solve the root of the problem players commit take fouls out of frustration and to sort of save energy you know stop the play the solution according to mike is a soccer-style advantage rule that allows the play to continue and then assess a foul after the fact. If the foul is hard, then you would make it flagrant. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Because then, uh, yeah, you're trying to stop the two points immediately. But yeah. if you foul the guy and then he can just go right in and score, then uh, then that isn't a bad way of stopping you from, I guess, trying to just, like, disrupt the play like yeah. that. So, interesting. Yeah, not bad. Could be something there. Um, but let's hear from everybody out there. The transition take foul at the Board of Governors in July. We'll be sitting down and doing the old. How do you do? They do straight up like yay or nay. They propose it. Maybe some video clips. Uh, maybe some tweets from people, <laughs> and then say, uh, "All right, all in favor of uh, changing this rule to uh, one, you know, a foul and, and or sorry, a shot and then retaining possession." Mm-hmm. Yay! They hold up their uh, little placards. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope so. I, I, I don't. I, the 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 parade idea, I get it, it makes sense, but it also adds another factor, another thing for the refs to think about, a, another situation that where they assess the foul. I I want to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, yeah. Well, people do hate a late foul call. People yeah. like I mean, if you see you see a lot of uh, maybe that that wouldn't have been a foul if he makes the shot, but it rolls off the rim. They call the foul. Yeah. Crowd hates that. Players hate that. Teams hate that. So I don't know if you're delaying it for, you know, 15 seconds. They probably would hate that even more. But it is not dissimilar to soccer or even like the NHL. They call the penalty, right? But if you have. Yeah, it's the advantage. Yeah. Kind of stuff. But I mean, like a big part of it feels it feels bad giving the referees that much responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. But I almost. Well, yeah, that that's fair. But if the whole point is to like. What we're doing is taking away some of the coolest plays in basketball because Mm -hmm. defenders are wisely fouling you in transition, clear pass similar, you know, stop the fast break. Well, if you want to continue to keep that, then then Mike Prada's suggestion is how you keep the fast break dunks and plays like that and then the assessing of a foul. But yeah, I get it. Nothing's perfect. We're just why we're spitballing here, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll sit in on the board of governors meeting. Mm. No thanks. No, you know, you're, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, really? I hear enough about referees these days. Mm. I don't want to sit in a meeting. Lee, would you go represent for us? Sure. <laughs> okay. Why not? <laughs> why not? That will be your answer to yeah. everything. Should we do this? Yeah. Why not? All right. Let's go have lunch. Uh, let's take our final break. When we come back, JD has tweet of the night, and then we'll look ahead to tonight's game one of the Western Conference Finals. Don't go anywhere. 
Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While Active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's start wrapping up here. We'll look ahead to tonight's game, one of the Western Conference Finals. But first, Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet, ah. Yes, I have Tweet of the Night. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have my my notifications on on Twitter. Like, I, I just leave them off. Yep. I try to avoid going on Twitter in general. I follow a lot of people I disagree with <laughs> on purpose, you know, because I want to... You know, get the other side. <laughs> you know, be apprised of what the dummies are thinking. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I logged on this morning, and uh, I, no- I noticed I had a lot of mentions. So I'm just going to take this opportunity to clear out my mentions. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. okay. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's a bit of a chore. and uh, New segment on the show. Clear yeah, out my clear mentions. Clear out good. the this mentions. So uh, on Monday, we teased, uh, we, were going, we were going deep. Friday, we did sort of like a, a, a cursory, like, uh, you know, let's uh, let's just look at what's coming up in the conference files, finals, and we're going deep, and there was a lot of underwater type uh, type of uh, uh, with making reference to going d- like a deep dive, right? Yeah. So John Horn, a uh, longtime fan of the show, mm-hmm. he tweeted this, uh, the No Dunks guys tomorrow going deep. Delighting newcomers with incredible insight. Okay, so how do, how do I factor into this? Well, he, then he tweeted... My ultimate goal here is to clear out for uh, me, T. Jason Doyle, uh, to uh, cook for 10 minutes about the 1989 sci-fi classic, The Abyss. (laughs) 
deepest movie out there probably absolutely uh, in terms of like 40 40 minutes of the principal photography was actually shot underwater great movie you guys seen this movie I've no. seen this movie a long time ago yeah mm. I don't know if it holds up but I remember loving it <laughs> and it is about going deep quite yeah. deep so it definitely holds up from that perspective I think it is still deep the uh, screen yeah. grab made it look like it was a Buster Rhymes Janet Jackson <laughs> it news definitely right. looks like that I think What's that the <laughs> I don't know if this special effects hold up yeah I'm doubting it but it was cutting edge at the time yeah, James sure Cameron was. Uh, okay. Speaking of uh, media consumption, our man uh, Yeshua, <laughs> yep. D Kid, big Star Wars fan. We actually had him on the show. Tass interviewed uh, him about his Star Wars themed wedding. Oh yeah. Uh, to me, he he added me saying, "I haven't heard you talk about it, but uh, you excited for the new Kenobi series dropping in a few weeks?" Now, Skeets, uh, in your <laughs> magic spoon ad, yeah. I mean, shots fired. You said. Uh, uh, Star Wars miniseries boring yeah they are I mean I can't disagree with you <laughs> honestly like I, 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 there are, I watch them all don't get me wrong yeah me too and I, I I like being in the world and stuff but underwhelming in general yeah you know but uh, I am Yeshua I am quite excited about the Kenobi I watched the trailer and I was like oh, Darth 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 Vader's coming back. <laughs> but no James Earl Jones, you know? Ooh. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh. I thought it was interesting. Uh, like, somebody that, who's very high up, uh, a Disney a Disney high up, higher up, <laughs> said something along the lines of, the problem with the Solo movie is that we recast an old role mm. with, a, with a new actor. Right. But isn't this not Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan Kenobi in yeah. the new one. And many people have played Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they also aren't going to recast Darth Vader. So I feel like you're getting a bunch of uh, out both sides of the mouth. How are you supposed to be excited about a recast character when they're telling you we shouldn't have recast a character? Uh, I mean, it, technically, yes. I yes, I hear what you're saying. But uh, those guys, Hayden Christensen and uh, Kenobi, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. And they did three movies. I mean... Fair. That's but, true. That's know. true. I guess uh, they're they're like uh, the Craig McTavish. They're grandfathered in. <laughs> yeah. This one. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm hope. Oh well, I don't I don't see the point of casting Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader if he's going to do the voice. Like you know, and then you bring in James Earl Jones to do the voice. It's like a guy in a suit. It could be literally anybody. Could be anyone. Anyways, uh, so the Mandalorian played after Craig uh, McTavish and had to wear a helmet. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, and Boba Fett, did you think that was more boring or less boring than The Mandalorian? I mean, I enjoyed that there wasn't a Baby Yoda in it. And I enjoyed it when The when the Mandalorian shows up, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Boba Fett is like the most overrated Star Wars character ever. I mean, he was on screen for like five seconds <laughs> yeah. in Sick one helmet. movie. Yeah. He did this. He nodded. <laughs> nodded at... Uh, <laughs> he got, his whole, he got a whole series out of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. moving on. Yep. Congrats to uh, Eshra Kid, by the way. The the, the man who uh, sent in that tweet. Yeah. He recently nodded because he recently graduated. He was at his graduating <laughs> ceremony oh. nodding, accepting his degree. So congrats, congrats to him. Congrats. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to tie that in. I want to congratulate John Horn, the first tweeter as well. Yeah. 
On I don't one. know why. Oh. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of why. No idea. <laughs> okay, Congrats, next week. Next week. Uh, just clearing this out, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ripacid sent this uh, to uh, No Dunks. Excited to check out uh, my new band. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even pronounce the name of the band, Sorepta. Sorreption? Sorreption. Sorreption, probably. They look good. We're showing, for those listening, uh, a photo of a very intimidating-looking band. And the, uh, I guess, maybe lead, I don't know, singer or performer. uh, Just an incredibly sexy guy, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Resemblance to JD. Yeah. I don't even think I look that mean, but uh, anyways. You could. You could pull it off. Yeah, yeah. we could reenact this. If we wanted the lighting to show half your skull like this man, then yeah, we could pull it off. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that lunar eclipse the other night on this man's skull. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Finally... Uh, we were talking about uh, here. I'll show you my uh, T-shirt here. Whoops. Oh, that's uh, cool. Wow. Well, this is, my, this is our classic part of our classic series T-shirts. Uh-huh. This yep. is the uh, starters version. Yep. Uh, so we released the, these, and uh, our man uh, Lupe Nunez. We they're starting to be delivered. The uh-huh. the yeah. three set that we we were offering, and people are posting pictures of them. And uh, Lupe tweeted. I got the deal to get in on all three. That was our three T-shirt special uh, for the price of two. Uh, but I have to wait till Father's Day to break them open. Seeing all these pics and the guys wearing them on YouTube, I don't know if I can make it. Oh. Mm. Fair enough, but he has to. He has to wait till Father's Day. And then his wife chimes in. I assume it's his wife. <laughs> you have to find him first. He he he. I've uh, I've got secret stash spots. Wow. So. Uh, I love this. I think I just think it's adorable, and uh, you know the family that consumes no dunks together stays together. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he's got to do a deep dive on that house. Twitter's not those, all hate. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun looking in the corner, corners of your house. You <laughs> just don't see oh, often. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Uh, Father's Day is. It's not until June nineteenth. So deep in the queue. That's is a, it? Nineteenth? The nineteenth? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I just checked. Wow. I got a month. Wow. I don't think you can wait that long. No. Not with three of these t-shirts in the summer and in the prime t-shirt wearing yes. months. Yeah. Season could be over by June 19th. <laughs> be too cold for those okay. t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> we got to come out with some tank tops or send this guy some scissors. Yeah. Boy, mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to find the scissors in his house first. All right. So you've cleared That's out clear, your mentions. I'm cleared out clear for now. Yeah. You feel lighter? The I feel good. I feel good. I feel like uh, now I don't have to actually type anything and respond to people. So. <laughs> nice. That's a good point. <laughs> it's a good way to do it. Uh, okay. Let's look ahead to tonight's game one, Western Conference Finals. This one starts at nine, a little bit later. Uh, Mavs Warriors. This series is on TNT, so we have that. We'll be flipping back and forth between ESPN in the uh, Eastern Conference and TNT in the West. Um, Lee, you got a prediction for Game 1? You got uh, something to watch for? What are you going? Well, uh, I'm just excited for this series. I hope it lives up to the hype. Um, Luca hit an incredible shot that was going around socials yesterday. I think it was over Boban. It was. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Luca's in the mood. He's in the groove. Uh, he's in the bay. Nice. I hope the uh, I hope the Mavs win tonight just to really cause the chaos. I think that's that's what we need is a, wow. a big game one Luca performance. Mavericks take it and then it's like, ooh, maybe they can do it. Okay. Mm. Would you like so something also you said the bay, you were always saying in his bag. Yeah. Could be something there. Mm. 
Bay the, bag? Bay bag, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so you just want, you would like Dallas to uh, obviously prove this is not a fluke by any means, be yes. the Suns, and we're for real, and Luca's still on his heater, and make this a series right from the jump. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you watching for tonight, or what are you thinking? Well, let's get to the X's and O's. Sure. I think the Warriors feel good defensively when Kevon Looney and Draymond Green start together. But you're playing against four guys who can shoot. So one of those guys, Draymond Green most likely, is going to have to be you know tracking somebody out there. So that's Bullock or Dorian Finney-Smith. So can the Mavs take advantage of that right from the get-go? Mm-hmm. That's my question. They, You want to get out uh, to a good start here uh, against the Warriors. But, yeah, the Warriors like that defense. So they feel good especially because Otto Porter completely healthy, so they've got all of their weapons, other than Gary Payton II, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, ready to go. Iguodala, you know, kind of uh, you know, on the mend as well, but he hasn't been playing a lot. So they f- should feel good with uh, Porter ready to go. Trey, who wins game one tonight? Who wins? Yeah. Who You're on fire, wins? man. Uh, the Warriors are going to win. Okay. I do believe Warriors are going to win in game one. You want to get off to a great start if you're the Mavericks but they also just won a series when they were down 2-0 and the home court advantage was looking pretty enticing so what I'll be watching is to see which defensive strategy pays off because it seems most likely that Dallas will do everything they can to get the ball out of Curry's hands make somebody else beat them that's the complete opposite of what the Warriors like to do they'll take away everybody else and say Luca you try to beat us so which one of those is going to be the smart move? I guess we shall see uh, tonight because uh, it should be a banger, a popper, on and popping. What else did we say? What other cool 90s slang words? It's going to be a fresh, dope game. Oh, sweet. There it is. It's going to be, well, t- uh, be tubular. Type tubular one tonight. There are, in addition to this game one of the Western Conference Finals, three other things to watch for tonight, like on your, on your media devices. Right. All right, let me break them down. First thing is the <laughs> immediate reaction podcast, the mini pod right. that we're going to continue through the conference final. So join me immediately following this game. It's going to be a little later tonight, uh, but we'll do that again. We had a lot of fun last night. So that's one. Two, we got some guys here I know playing pickup hoops. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to see some, uh, some mixtapes drop in, right? Well, uh, we, we hope so, but of course, uh, Trey and I were so good last week and so dominant, we didn't get enough footage of it. And you were on the same team. <laughs> yeah, you guys gotta, you yeah. gotta be on separate teams yeah. so you can record each other. Yeah, but, when you but then you want six win. in a row, I mean, I know, you know. I know. JD, you're staying up to produce the, the mini pod. Why don't you just go hit the basketball <laughs> oh, yeah. film some well, stuff. Here's why, uh, I don't, I, you don't here's why he can't. That. Here's why you can't. Third thing. <laughs> the penultimate episode uh-huh. of Survivor yeah. tonight. And get out your pens. JD, this is really nice. Eight o'clock Survivor episode right into the 9 o'clock Game 1 Western Conference Finals, right Perfect. into the Immediate Reaction Podcast, and then at some point, the trickling in of highlights <laughs> from TK and Lee Ellis, hopefully, uh, at their run on social media channels. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of content. A lot of think content Matt Austin tonight. will consume yeah. all that content tonight? I think so. I what? think so. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything from Art Hamilton today? <laughs> hey, there's our This guy wants to show our There he is. There he is, our former uh, Turner colleague, and he He'll plays in our pickup run. He's got the Dwayne Wade earring, somewhat. Uh, will he be playing tonight? Do we have we well, confirmed that? I think Trey said he is. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, he's usually there. Group me real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. See what we got. <laughs> we got. I know we got. You got an Eisner for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Eisner's only coming for an hour. Uh, Seth will be there. Art's Sweet. coming, bringing Siraj. I saw that. Yeah, Daniel. Well, you call him Eisner. Ian will be there as well. Mark is going to be there. He says, I'm not squeezing Lee's ribs tonight. 
Still sorry about it. Yeah. Oh, what? What? Just quickly. Lee was flopping. Lee was flopping big <laughs> time last week. No, well, I got like kicked or elbowed in the ribs two weeks ago. Yeah. And then last week I was getting manned by Mark. Yeah. And he was like holding on to the exact. Part. <laughs> what do you mean holding no, on? I literally like it was a pregame and he was just joking around like ah, oh, not like get anywhere. I and Lee, see. like crumbled to yeah. the ground. Uh, I was like, yeah. What happened? Yeah. They're wow. still sore, but they're okay. But. Uh, I thought you meant he was playing defense and he was just grabbing nah, your rib. Nah. I was like, wow, I've never seen that uh, at our pickup runs. Just a rib okay. grab. Yeah. I, heard, I heard a great quote from Art Hamilton the last time I was at pickup. They were asking him to be on the other team, so he had to switch jerseys. He said, I'm a chameleon. I can be anybody, anything I want. I wonder if he can sing Hamilton. Can he, can he, can he do it all? There's one person I would like to hear sing Hamilton. I think he can pull that right. off. Well, can you guys please record uh, Art Hamilton singing Sing Hamilton? Yeah, Hamilton. Right. And right. we'll, then we'll uh, compare it to how Malika did. Uh, let's call it there. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksing. Especially if you want to see the basketball highlights uh, that'll be trickling in tonight. Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. I don't know why I forgot that for a second. I only say it every single day. And get your no dunks merch like that t-shirt our guy JD is wearing over at nodunks.com. All right. Yeah, that thing pops on screen, JD. It looks great. Okay. We will see you guys later tonight for the immediate reaction podcast following game one. And uh, if not then, we'll see you tomorrow morning here from the Classic Factory live at 10 a.m. Eastern. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, the other thing on your media devices tonight, the old Battle of Alberta. Oh, What's better oh than that? Oh, God, baby. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. baby. Edmonton, Calgary, round two. Who's Here got home go. ice? Flames. flames, baby. Wow. They're number one seed. Go Big flames. favorite. Big favorite. Okay. Go Flames, go. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Embrace the day, people.